everybody. I'm Art Stevens, and I am managing partner of the Stevens Group. Welcome to another in the podcast series of PR Masters. This series features luminaries and legends in the world of public relations. And today we truly have a master in the art of public relations. She is Maureen Lippi, who is CEO of Lippi Taylor, one of the best-known brands in the world of public relations agencies. Maureen founded Lippi Taylor in the early 1990s, and she was motivated by the lack of PR marketing innovation that she witnessed as an editor. And as an editor, in her earlier life, she worked for such publications as Harper's Bazaar and Vogue, giving her a tremendous background into the mind of the female consumer. During the years of Lippy Taylor, she has successfully launched more than 100 brands, and she's provided high-level brand-building solutions for global leaders, including Procter & Gamble, Clairol, Ikea, Johnson & Johnson, Allergan, Galderma, Revlon, Elizabeth Arden, The Gap, and many more. She has been involved with product development, consumer product marketing, digital communications, and issues management. Maureen is very deeply committed to cause-related marketing, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. And she has provided brands with a lot of charitable connections. And in addition, she was the only non-physician member of the Skin Cancer Foundation and a former board member of Fashion Group International. I could go on and on in terms of the support that Maureen has given to multiple women-based charities. But I'm going to let her do a little talking because she is our master today. And I'm very, very happy, uh, as an old friend of Maureen's, to be chatting with her in PR Masters. So, Maureen, welcome to the PR Masters series. Thanks, Art. I'm very happy to be here with my old friend, Art Stevens. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, you're, you're considered a legend in the public relations industry. You have been a tour de force. You have been a spokesperson. You've been in front of the camera, behind the camera. So your philosophy of running an agency as far as I know, given my experience with a lot of other agencies, is quite different from any other agency or any other agency principle. How did they come about? How did, how did your firm evolve to what it is, and what, what's been your vision for it? Well, first let me say, uh, Harold Burson is a legend in the PR industry. I do not consider myself to be a legend. If I'm a legend, it's just because I've been in the business too damn long. Anyway, just want to clarify that. Um, I think you mentioned the editorial background that I have, that really helped me as a, as a beauty and health editor and as a fashion editor to realize that big marketing companies were not marketing to the media in a very creative or innovative way. I mean, every day I would get a shopping bag filled with product and a press kit and it just went into a big black hole. They were not marketing to the media in a very creative or very innovative way. And I really thought there has to be a better way. You have to do something to get the attention so that when your product goes into a, an editor's office or a producer's office or a newspaper um, house, they, it, the product has a life of its own. It's breathing. It's almost talking to them. So we invented the whole concept of a teaser, um, which was a very strategic delivery to get editors excited and to certainly cut through the clutter and see that this product came in. So that was the beginning for me. Just how do we how do we market to media in a in a in a, just in a more innovative way? 
And that was that was how I started Lippy Taylor. And you know, the tremendous advantage for me was I knew the media so well, having been one of them, and so many editors sent me clients and then they would support the clients in the media. So it was a beautiful thing. In the first six months, Libby Taylor, I had like five really wonderful clients. So I think that was the advantage. Um, what made us different, I think, in the early days was we really tried to think of how we could very creatively take brands and 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 market to women. And marketing to women was was the beginning of Lippy Taylor. My experience at, at Vogue and Bazaar was all about women. It was all about understanding women. It was all about coming up with articles that had cover lines that would make a woman grab the magazine and want to take it home and, and read it. So I did a lot of studying on, on, on women and, and brands and what motivates them to buy brands or what motivates them not to buy brands. And that was in the early days of the early days of my career. So it seemed to be a natural progression to go from editorial into public relations because I was on the inside and I saw what was not being done and what was sort of a boring approach and a non-innovative approach to getting attention from from media. So that was a, a big advantage. And having known the media and having them help me with with um, with with developing my business and then supporting those brands in their magazines. Um, was a tremendous advantage and really helped me get started very quickly with some very nice brands. So you came obviously out of the editorial side. You worked some very, you worked with some prestigious publications, uh, Vogue, Harper's Bazaar. Um, you could have been editor in chief of one of those publications today. Was it a tough decision for you to? No, it wasn't. And I'll tell you why. Because I knew even as a, the next step would be to be an editor in chief. But I had a baby, and I'm a real entrepreneur. And I knew even as an editor-in-chief, I would never have the excitement that I would have in my own business. And I would never make the kind of money that I really wanted to make. I'm, I'm one of those women that I'm not ashamed to say I'm in the business for the fun of it and for the great work that we can do. But I also like being rewarded financially. And I think that's a conversation that... I need to be having more of with some of the younger women that are coming up in our industry. So, coming from the editorial side, um, I think you alluded to it, but what, what skills and capabilities do you feel that you personally brought to your career as an agency innovator? Well, I, first of all, I was a writer um, to work at the magazines. I, I learned how to write and, and became a really good editor. But I also learned how to form a story and how to tell a story because I had to, I had to, I had to write for the magazines. Um, and the storytelling part of it was really, I think, a great help um, and, a, and a great advantage to go from editorial to public relations. And then, you know, we're in a relationship business. As I said earlier, I, I knew, as a, certainly as a, as a beauty director, I knew all the beauty companies. I knew there was a lot of money in beauty, and I knew that that they were not doing very exciting things with their PR agencies. So those were just were advantages for me. What about gender? Did gender play a role? Do you feel? I don't think it did in public relations because you know seventy percent of the people in PR are women. So no, I don't think gender played a very big role. I really don't. 
You mentioned the, uh, storytelling. Um, obviously, you started your agency, as I indicated, in the early 90s. Right. Um, has the role of storytelling changed? Obviously, we're in a digital age as opposed to uh, a much more uh, mundane age uh, in the early 90s. Is storytelling still a major factor despite change? I think storytelling is everything. If you can't tell a story, I don't think you can be really successful in in our business. And I think some of the greatest storytellers are, are, are people in our industry. And I think we're better storytellers than Lynn said, the advertising agency. The advertising folks have to tell a story in 30 seconds, where we have, or 60 seconds, we've got more time. Um, we can tell great stories on video. We can tell stories in editorial, in magazines. We can tell stories on social. Um, storytelling, I don't think, will ever go away. People want to hear the stories, and they want to become emotionally committed to brands that tell good stories. How has your agency changed over the years? What was it then? What is it now? Well, in the in those days, it was so much about impressions. It was very much about earned media, which it still is. And at the core of Lippy Taylor, we're probably really one of the one of one of the best agencies that earn media, and it's still at the core of what we do. But we've you know we've moved into to paid me all you know all sorts of um, new and exciting areas. Influencers um, and influencer marketing is is so big in our industry and very important here at Lippy Taylor for our clients. The thing that really changed the agency, I would say, the most was about four or five years ago when I realized that if you want to win a piece of business and you're competing and you have a really smart RFP, if you want to win that business, you can't just intuitively come in with what you think is going to drive media and drive attention. You better have the data to back it up. And that was when I met Paul Dyer, who is president of Lippy Taylor now. He was just introduced through a friend, and he was head of analytics at W2O. And I knew that if we didn't become data and analytics-driven, we'd be a dinosaur agency. We would just be a media shop, and I didn't want that. And I wanted to grow. Um, and so that was a very, very important um, transformation for this agency. And now we have data analysts on staff, and data and research drives drives everything we do. So that really is what has taken Lippy Taylor and I think many agencies into the 21st century and made us more successful and it's it's the you know it's 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 really what helps us win business. Could you uh, describe for our listeners for example like one campaign for a particular client that you've have uh, worked on during the past 3 or 4 years? that because of your current skills and capabilities was a far different approach, say, than you might have used 20 years ago for the same client? Well, it's, it's, it's almost every client we have now is, is approached in a very different way. It's, it's more strategic. Um, it's based on insights that come from data and research. Six, seven years ago, it was based on intuition. It was not based on data. Um, it's almost every client we have, and I think one of the reasons we've we're almost twice the size we were two and a half years ago. And honestly, that the 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 main reason for that is we're coming in with our own research and our own data and our own insights, um, and that's the that's the secret sauce. 
as far as I'm concerned, and that's what's really changed our business. And it's not one it's not one client, it's really it's really almost all our clients. Um, if you don't have if you don't have the data to support your insights that drive your strategy and your tactics, you're not gonna win. You feel that the business you say you doubled virtually double your business in the last two and a half years. Do you yes. feel you're getting clients now that you may might not have been able to get two Absolutely. and a half three years ago? Absolutely. We're really now competing against all the big agencies. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say we've taken business away from the biggest and the best, all my you know favorite agencies. And I don't think that would have happened um, a couple of years ago. I think it's based on creativity. Libby Taylor has always been known for creativity. And I think that comes from hiring former editors, producers, bloggers, influencers who really know you know their specialty. So the creativity, and I think that how we take the creative and and then really cull down the the data and have the the strategy to support our programming. But the creative is, I think, what separates us and has allowed us to win some very big pieces of business in the last couple of years and get into categories um, that we weren't into, like like banking, um, like automotive, um, into classically, you know, areas that would normally go to large agencies because that's where they've been. But what's happened, I think, in the larger agencies is that clients just can't get the service. You know, larger agencies have a lot of financial um, responsibility and the bottom line is really important for them. We're an independent agency. If we have a big piece of business, we can sit at the table for nine, ten hours for days until we crack the code. That's really hard for large agencies to do. So we are in a nice kind of sweet spot to be able to not be worried that somebody, you know, in the financial department is saying you're spending way too many hours on this on this piece of business. We can do it, and it's and it's and it's paid off. Are you able to name, uh, or is it a trade secret? Are you able to name any of the uh, new clients you've gotten over the past couple of years? Oh, we don't. We're one one of those agencies that we don't go running to the trades with new business, but we just recently won Ancestry.com. We just recently won Cool Sculpting, um, Citibank, um, just a a whole bunch of agency uh, businesses. I'm not sure. Let me restate that. Um, We're one of those agencies that doesn't really speak to the media about our wins because primarily the clients kind of like, don't want to see that. Yeah, yeah. They want you talking about their business and get them media, not so much you getting uh, media on yourselves. But recently, we won Ancestry.com. Um, we've won in the last, just in the last week, Cool Sculpting, hmm. um, and a whole probably in the last this year, we've won about sixteen to twenty oh, pieces of business, wow. which, is, which is great. Congratulations! Thank you. Really, but I I think the mid-sized agencies are all doing well and um I'm we're not alone. I think um we're 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 right sized being in the middle. We're just about hundred and ten people and that's a very manageable amount of people. And it's all about the talent. You know, it's all about the talent. And about four years ago I hired three years ago, hired Paul Dyer as president and we we um brought in about eight or nine top, top, top practice leaders, you know, just above EVP. 
very, very careful to make sure that that they fit the culture of the agency. Um, we had spectacular SVPs and VPs who have been with Lippy Taylor for a long time, and we just didn't want to lose anybody. And one of the things I'm most proud of is we put in all these senior, fabulous people, but nobody at the SVP or the VP level has left the agency, oh which is which is great, which is a real testament to how well we hired, how um, and how well we integrated those folks into into the agency, and we just we keep our talent and we keep our clients for a very long time, and I think that's another advantage that we've had, um, that we've been able to just maintain a culture where people are happy, where they feel good about coming to work, where they're they're they work with their friends. I've got I have people who have been at the agency 18, 19 years, and the VP and SVP level, 9, 10, 11 years, and they've just grown with the agency. And particularly with data and analytics and influencer and social and digital, we're all learning so much every day. So it's so exciting, and I think it's what keeps people here. But we're also not, you know, I remember when a... Um, an advertising executive who I was having lunch with, it was actually Jay Chiat, who said to me, the best advice I can give you is be careful when you get so big that you begin to get so bad. So um, we're just at that that wonderful size where we still, everybody knows what's going on um, and we're able to make sure that the culture is is one of, of it's a happy, it's a healthy culture. And we take care of our people and make sure that that they want to stay here and be here, and that they're working on the kinds of brands that they can relate to. And if they're not, and they ask to maybe move into a new piece of business, we're very open um, about that. So, so we're all about keeping our people happy and making sure they want to continue to be at Lippy Taylor. So you've done really a major overhaul of Lippy Taylor. Got a total transformation. I think all agencies, at no matter what size they are. If they weren't thinking about transforming, because our industry has changed so much and business has changed so much, um, we've all had growing pains. And if we didn't transform, I think we'd be left in the dust. So, what are the new criteria? For, you know, when you uh, interview prospective employees, they're probably quite different today than they were, let's say, five, six, seven years ago. What are you looking for in, in new people who come to the B Taylor? Well, I think the, the most important thing is the experience that they've had. What agencies do they come from? Um, I particularly like well-trained people, and I think the large agencies do a great job of training people. So um, what agencies they've come from, from my perspective, is more important than where they went to school. Um, are they agile? Are they entrepreneurial? Can they move on a dime? Are they service-driven? Do they understand how important it is to service clients? in the way that clients need to be serviced today. With everything changing, clients are nervous, you know, and so they must trust and believe in their agency people. Um, they have to be bold, they have to be assertive, they have to be nurturing with the clients, and these are pretty much the attributes that we're looking for. And resilient, extremely resilient, because the industry, again, it's changing, business is changing, but bottom line, I think everybody at Lippy Taylor knows we're in the business of, of sales. If we're not selling cases of whatever it is that we're representing, then I, and I tell clients in 
when I meet them and they're looking at different agencies, if we're not driving sales for you in the first six to nine months, you should fire us and get another agency. So everybody that comes into the agency knows it's all about sales. Bottom line, we've got to be selling products. With all the fancy new stuff that we do, um, bottom line, it's about sales. And everybody that comes in knows that that's our, you know, that's our, that's sort of our, our, our imperative, our business imperative, and 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 mantra. Yeah. So you've doubled in the size over the past two and a half years or so. You want to keep growing at that rate? I'll say in the next two and a half years, do you envision doubling in size from where you are now? No, I think we have to really be very careful. And I think next year, it our focus will be on organic growth, making sure that that the new business that has come in is not at the expense of existing business. So we've got to be very, very careful because, again, growth, it's a beautiful thing, but it has to be integrated into the into the into the company in a very choiceful, careful way. So I would say next year, yes, we have we will grow, but we want to make sure that all this this change and all all the new clients that have come in are integrated perfectly. But most importantly, our existing clients can't suffer because of the growth. So the the biggest challenge, and I think it's the biggest challenge for everybody right now in our industry is finding the best talent. You know, we're all going after the same people. And unfortunately, a lot of people and a lot of women are leaving the industry. So that makes it even 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 more of a challenge. And why do you think that is? Why are they leaving the industry? Well I think part of it is, you know, we hire a lot of women and we hire men as well. But women start families and I think they realize that they can consult you know, healthcare is a big part of our our business, and so many women at that VP level, SVP level, have one or two babies, and they realize they can consult and do very, very well. So I think at that level, they've kind of left the business, and hope, we're hoping that they'll come back. Um, but it's challenging. It's just challenging, and we're all, you know, interviewing the same people and trying to offer the the, the, the best possible packages. But I think we also have to offer the best culture and I hope that the culture that we've created here at Lippy Taylor is a a very nurturing and 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 safe environment so when people come here they don't they, they're not looking at the door um, thinking well I'll last I'll be here a year and then I'll probably move on that's not the talent that we're looking for we're looking for people who will be here four five six ten years um, but that's not unusual. Everybody's looking for that talent. So talent is number one. Um, I think that's the reason we've been successful in the last three or four years. We have really very good people, and we have a tendency to keep our people. Um, so I, again, finding the best and the brightest is something the whole industry is challenged with finding. And even going outside the industry, which we have found ourselves doing quite frequently in the last two to three years. You mentioned the word culture, and you you certainly have a a reputation for having a very unique culture and a a real focus on quality of life. You want to talk a little bit about that, including the office space that you've created, which is extraordinary? Well, I think everybody talks about work-life balance. I'm so sick of hearing that. But there's nothing more important. And I think it starts at the top. 
when I started this company, I was a I was a recent mom. I wanted to get home to my family. So I would be out of here by 6 o'clock. And I wanted everybody else out of here, too. Because if I'm leaving, how can I expect everybody else to stay? So being organized, um, being having making sure that everybody's accountable and everybody works um, in a in a in a in a culture of trust and respect with each other is really important. And it's something we you know when we're interviewing people, we really try to weed out those people that are you know have come from different cultures where it's maybe a little bit more cutthroat. Um, we just we we just culture is everything. So we're always kind of looking for what we call oh a, that's a, she's very lippy Taylor or he's very lippy Taylor, and it's paid off for us. Um, and I, I I think in terms of space we we're on the open plan, which I like a lot. We we moved a block away where we were on three different floors and everybody had an office and people were emailing each other who were right next door to them. I am a particular believer in in the open plan. I think that it's more creative, it's more innovative. People know what's going on. They hear around them what's going on. And I have the practices sort of there in in groups. Um, and it just, it works. It works for us. But then we have a lot of private space, huddle areas. Um, we have the privé room for moms. Um, rooms where people can go and break up with their boyfriends or talk to their moms or talk to their doctors. I mean, I think that's very important with the open plan. So that, you know, these are all things that, that and we have a, we have very good benefits. Um, I think that's really important. Equal pay is, is so important. Family leave programs for our men and our women is extremely important. Making sure we create a very safe environment um, we have zero tolerance for any kind of harassment, any kind of harassment um, in the office place. And these are just things that, as business owners, we have to be really careful about and making sure that, that people go away and take vacations and we encourage it and encourage not just a one week, but if you need to take two weeks, take two weeks. Um, these things seem like just guarantees. Of, oh, of course these things are important. But I think they have to be mandated at the top. Um, so those are some of the reasons why I think we are able to keep people, why we've been able to grow, um, choosing the right people, choosing, you know, we have a really wonderful creative team, and as I mentioned, a very good, um, strong analytics team, and infl our influencer team is top-notch. Our, our media team is, is, is excellent because, again, clients come to public relations agencies, they want results, and while... Impressions was a dirty word for the last couple of years. It's it's a reason why you frequently lose clients because you're not delivering on the KPIs. So we still believe that that earned media is at the core of what we do, and it's 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 paying off for us. Storytelling. It's back to storytelling exactly, and relationships, making sure that you really understand um, the people in the in the industry who are important. From a media perspective and an influencer perspective, and we had um, proprietary um, programs. We have what we call Starling AI, which is really a very exciting proprietary research on how we choose our influencers. We also have um, a measurement proprietary tool that helps clients understand well what just happened in the last six months and what were the KPIs and how does it influence the sales 
of my for my for my businesses. These are all things that have been integrated into the agency in the last three or four years. We've really we've stepped up our game. We had to, or again, we would have been that dinosaur agency. And we know there's a lot of them out there. But I think about four years ago was when if we didn't all wake up and transform, we were going to be left in the yeah. dust. So it's very very exciting, and it's so much fun to come to work because every day. <clears throat> It's a new day. I love, I mean, I loved editorial, but I think public relations is such a wonderful industry for women and for men. Every day we're meeting new people and we have new challenges and new, you know, just new things that, that, that hit us every day that requires intelligence and, and requires really analyzing and strategizing with our clients and helping them solve their problems and understand what keeps them up at night. And ask them. I talk, I see, talk to a client. I, I'm always asking them what, how's the business, and what what are you worried about? And I, because if it's keeping you up at night, it needs to be keeping me up at night too, and the staff. So being real business partners with our clients is so important. And again, we're at that size where we're small enough to be able to listen and service, and big enough to be able to offer them all the different. Um, expertise in the in the in the different categories that I've mentioned. So we're as I say we're right sized for right now. And so growth, yes, I have my eye on growth, we all do, but it's going to be a very strategic growth this year and continue to be a year of investment in talent. You know, one of the things I'm hearing in your voice and your description of what you do um is your love for the field that you're in and I can tell you that um you know, we've done, I guess, I don't know, about 15 or 17 or so of this of the PR Masters podcasts. Most of them have been leaders like you in the industry, heads of agencies, uh, some corporate uh, communications uh, people as well. And the one common denominator that I have found, Maureen, is that to a person, every single one of them loves the field that they're in. And it, it's clear to me that you love the practice of public relations or PR marketing, whatever you'd like to call it, but you love what you do, and clearly you can hardly wait to come to work in the morning. That is really a true statement, and I am so blessed and so grateful for that because there are so many people who just Sunday night, oh, I have to go back to work. And it's one of the things we talk about here, and some of the younger um, members of, 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 of my team have said, I never get that horrible feeling on Sunday night that I used to get. And that's, you know, when you look around, the sun is pouring in. It's a happy space. This doesn't really look like an office. This is like Pee Wee's Playhouse. I have all of my <laughs> little toys around that, that interest me and hopefully make other people feel like they're not in an office, but they've come into somebody's home. Um, and I think it's really important, the environment that you expect people to work in. They should be feel happy and they should feel healthy and they should feel trusted and they should definitely feel respected and that um, that culture has really been with us for a very long time and I think it's what it's it's why we keep people for as long as we do yeah. and, and yes my passion for this industry is unfailing but part of it is I love my company I love my colleagues we we've all grown up together we have literally grown up together well, you've, you've obviously built a wonderfully recognizable brand. Uh, the marketplace knows Lippy Taylor well, and your firm has always had a reputation for creativity, innovation, um, and 
results for clients, without question. Thank you. I I I I hope you're I hope you're you're right. You are. But I, I think right. it's <laughs> I I I I we've just been very lucky. But listen, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work, and everybody and anybody listening to any of your podcasts realizes it, this is it's a tough business, but it's a very rewarding business. And the fact that it changes so dramatically every day is what what keeps us all on our toes. Yeah. So you've gotten more and more into healthcare over the, uh, over the last few years. Can you give us the reason for that and how that uh, that uh, happened? Well, I'm the most frustrated doctor that you will ever meet. If I missed my calling, I would have loved to have been a doctor. Um, I love medicine. I, I so for me personally, it's it's a practice area that I am intellectually curious about. And we were very steeped in healthcare, in really on the pharma side, about 10 years ago. And for some reason, we moved more into the consumer side of healthcare. But we're back now on more on the pharma and consumer. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's just a great area. And it's an area that we've grown at least 30% in, in the last two years. And there's just so much opportunity. Um, so. Yeah, it's a it's an area of concentration that will continue to be a big part of our business moving forward, and a and an area that we're focused in on. And we have a very good team and a very good practice leader, um, so it's exciting. And and the pharma industry is is changing so dramatically. And then consumer health and wellness is another big part of 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 health, um, and that's something that we've been steeped in for years and it continues to get more and more exciting. Tell us about the Olympia Taylor She Speaks Women's Buying Behavior Index. What is it and how did that come about? Well, it's a it's a research arm of Lippy Taylor and it's because we're so steeped in understanding women, I mean when you think that that women buy 85% of the goods and services in this country, We've got to understand women. We have to understand what motivates them to buy brands. And as I said earlier, why are they? Why do they not buy certain brands? So it's research that that we do quarterly, um, and it's research that is great for us to understand. It's and it can be in again, it can be in the insurance industry, healthcare, automotive. We we choose a topic quarterly, and we take a deep dive into what's trending in that area, and we we interview. A, minimum of a thousand women to get our research and it's something that our clients love and we share it with all our clients and it's something that's been a business builder as well because we can take that research outside our existing clients and go to clients that we would love to have inside the retailer so it's um you know research is everything today and understanding the consumer is what brands need to know now they do their own research but we put a different spin on it and we've been very lucky. Another side effect of, of of the the women's buying index is the media loves it. We have been in USA Today maybe four times in the last two years. We were even even on the cover with our research. So it's also it's it's given us some good PR for the agency, which is a beautiful thing when that happens. It wasn't the intent, but it was a byproduct of the quality of the research. So that's something that we will certainly. Continue. Maureen, how do you spend your time at the agency? You've doubled in size over the past two and a half years, um, and I know you love to be involved in client work and, and you know, the, call it the down and dirty, you know, in the trenches work. Uh, 
ideas, uh, concepts, uh, storytelling, or what have you. How do you divide your time in terms of management and working with clients? Well, the part that I really enjoy is new business. I love winning, um, as does everybody in our industry. And so I'm pretty focused on new business and focused on having really good, close client relationships with our clients. I keep those those relationships as strong as I possibly can. I reach out to, to clients frequently. Um, I try to touch base at least once every month or two with with top um, our top clients. And I am really trying to mentor our younger staff. That's part of something that gives me great uh, great joy, even working closely with our interns as well as our you know our 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 again the younger and the newer staff that comes into Lippy Taylor. I try to make sure that I know them by name. I know where they come from. I know what drives them. I know what I know what brands they'd like to work on. I keep an I have an open door policy so that um, my staff can come in, my colleagues can come in and talk whenever they want. Um, and that's really important to me. And I work very closely with Paul Dyer, who is our president. And Paul is fantastic. It's been one of the one of the probably one of the most important decisions that that I made um, since I started Lippy Taylor. And we all know that's not easy to find. Um, so, so Paul and I together are really driving the agency, driving the agency further from a management perspective. Um, and our leadership team is very, very strong, and we meet once a week. So it's it's the kind of the management of where are we going as an agency, how are we making sure that we have the strategic growth, but also how are we ensuring that our existing clients who've been with us for a number of years and who have supported the agency are feeling that they're not getting left behind. So I'm very close to um, our existing clients and making sure that that we organically continue to keep those clients on board. That's a part of what I do every day and what interests me. Maureen, my final series of questions. Um, this has been a wonderful discussion, and I thank you for participating. My final series of questions uh, have to do with you personally, uh, the uh -oh. person you are. Uh, we've talked about your agency. We've talked about your vision and goals uh, for your clients and, and, and for the business itself. Um, but I want to learn a little bit more about you, and I think our listeners would also. For example, um, who are your heroes? Who are my heroes? Yeah. I have a lot of heroes. Um, I, I mean, the first woman that comes to mind is... Wonder Woman. I love Wonder Woman. If you're here, there, there, you're looking right there at my business card, and Wonder Woman is on it. Wonder Woman is sort of we think of her as the the, the female consumer. She's our she's our client. She's us. She's every woman on this staff, um, and she's also a motivator to all the men that we have at Lippy Taylor. Um, I am a big fan of. I'm one of my heroes is Atticus Finch, from one of my favorite books. Um, which we all know who Atticus is, and I saw the Broadway play, and I I respect him now even even more. I am a big uh, fan of Michelle Obama, as is probably every woman listening to this um, podcast. 
And I, um, let me think some of the, I'm a, um, a, I continue to be a big fan of Nelson Mandela. I think his story is, is extraordinary. Um, so off the top of my head, those are probably some of my, 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 my top heroes. Um, I had the, the great pleasure of meeting Malala. So she, as a, she's a young hero for me. And she's somebody who we support at Lippy Taylor, and um, that's probably my top list. I'll think of 25 others <laughs> as soon as the podcast ends. So, the next question has to do with how you spend your time outside of the business. What hobbies do you have? What are your interests? I know you you are involved in many other groups, women's groups, and uh, what have you. But uh, what are your hobbies, and uh, how do you spend your time? I go away on the weekends to the beach. I love, um, I, I am kind of obsessed with home design. I love that, and garden. I landscape, landscaping and gardening I love and am buying books all the time on design and, and landscape. Um, and I'm building a new garden right now. I, last year, for, actually for two years, I, I built a barn. Um, which was very exciting for me, which is why I'm so kind of obsessed with design, and I love my barn, and my kids love the barn. Um, I also love to cook. I find great joy in cooking, particularly <clears throat> on the weekends with family and friends. Um, those, I guess, are my, my, my top hobbies. You know, hobbies take time, so it's none of us in our industry have a lot of, have a lot of free time. Um, so that I, I would say those are, are the things that, that drive me the most. Reading, I love to read. Um, wish I had more time to read. Read, you know, fiction more than business books and just read for pleasure. Um, that's something that I love to do. And I'm so into podcasts. I am listening to podcasts all the time. I am a lover of podcasts. I was this weekend listening to all Willie Geist's podcasts, and they're great. Of course, I love Oprah's podcasts as well. Anyway, enough about me. What's next? No, more about you, actually. Uh, how do you want to be remembered, Maureen? How do I want... The first thing that comes to mind is I want to be remembered as being a really fabulous mom, a great mother, and I'm. I work hard on that every single day. I also... I would like to think of myself as a as a as a beloved wife, somebody who deeply cares about her husband and her and her family. Um, I would also like to think of myself as a really caring friend and someone who's always there for you in the good times and the bad times. Um, I would like to be thought of as someone that anybody on, on any one of my colleagues, if they're in trouble could come to me, even though we may not be best friends, but they could come to me and close the door and say, I've got a problem. I'd like to be thought of as that person you come to when you have a problem and you really need a woman to help you out. Um, I think those are the things I would primarily like to be thought of as when I move on to greener pastures, so to speak. Well, speaking of greener pastures, my final question to you, Maureen, is where do you see Maureen Lippi in the years ahead? Um, 
I could tell you, oh, I want to, you know, save the world and I want to help every woman in the country, but I'd like to see myself on a beautiful beach with my husband holding his hand, my beautiful husband and my and my beautiful child on a beach somewhere sipping uh, probably cucumber martinis <laughs> and just looking back and just continuing to live in a state of gratefulness. I'm one of those very, very fortunate women who have... I believe I have everything, everything a woman could ever want in life with a, just a, the, a beautiful family, beautiful parents who gave me a, 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 just a, a great sense of self and a sense of if you can think it, you can make it happen. And also they taught me to be bold um, and I think that has served me well and resilient and it has served me very well in, 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 in all my years. So just staying in that state of gratefulness and and just believing that that life is life is really good and you have to you have to just stay in the moment and stop projecting about the future you know just thinking about today and how good today was and making a and I try to make a list of what I learned each day keep what was it what were my key learnings today it could be 14 things it could be one thing or it could be nothing Sometimes that that page is empty, and that's not a good day. So trying to remain curious um, about everything in life. Um, I'm very interested in politics. Always have been. Come from a very political family. So all of just keeping interested and and curious till the day I'm you know till the day it's over. Maureen Lippy. Art Stevens. <laughs> CEO of Lippy Taylor. Um, all I can tell you is that this has been a wonderful conversation. Um, not only have I gotten to know you a little better, and I thought I know you, knew you pretty well over the years, but our listeners obviously have had, had, have had an opportunity to learn about Lippy Taylor, what you do, how you do it, and what your, you know, what, what your uh, vision for the world of public relations is. All I can say is keep the bar continually high, Maureen, because you set a fine example for the rest of us. Because as you set the bar higher and higher, uh, it creates a greater standard of, uh, of productivity and results in the world that we have all come to live with over the past number of years. And just keep going, Maureen. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Art. That's very, very kind and, and very motivating. So I thank you so much. And this has been so much fun. I, you know, I love listening to podcasts, and I love being a part of a podcast now. So thank you. It's been a pleasure. And it's been my pleasure. So on behalf of our listeners, I thank you for joining us today and sharing your views with us. And I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in to another of the Stevens Group PR Masters podcast series. Until next time, I'm Art Stevens, wishing you all the very best.